0: It's always great to have you guys with us, but it's always interesting when I get up here because when I walked in the auditorium this morning at 1030, I'm like, hmm, there are 22 of us, (laughs) and we all show up. It's amazing. It's really cool because I'm guessing there's like, Mr. Wexler's counted yet? I'm guessing 168. I'm guessing. I don't know how many in the Spanish service. But it's always a blessing when I get to come up here and see everyone that's in your faces. It's really cool. I appreciate, huh? I appreciate so much the opportunity to share this message. Today we're going to talk about those who cannot repay us. This sermon's going to be maybe a little different than you may have expected from some things. But I want to look at a verse of scripture that's in the Gospel of Luke. Luke couple of things that Jesus says. We're in chapter 14. If you have your Bibles, you may want to follow along. I want to read this to you today before I get into the sermon. Luke chapter 14. I want to start reading in James 1. And you're on next week? Yes, sir. Thank you. Brother Javon is preaching next week. Glad you're here. Glad you got home from the airport, by the way. I heard about that. Yeah, we're glad you're here. Good to see you. All right, James, or excuse me, Luke chapter 14. Let me begin reading in verse 1. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. There in front of him was a man suffering from dropsy. And Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. And so taking hold of the man, he healed him and sent him away. And then Jesus asked them this, if one of you has a son or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull him out? And they had nothing to say. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more, who is more distinguished than you may have been invited. And if so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this man your seat. Then humiliated, you'll have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to the better place, and then you'll be honored in the presence of all your guests. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Then Jesus said to his host, when you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, or your other relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, You will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. And when one of those who was at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the man who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. And at the time the banquet was set, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all began to make excuses. The first said, I have bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. And another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on the way to try them out. Please excuse me. And still another said, I just got married and so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. And then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the alleys and towns and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told the servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those men who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. It's a pretty compelling story. Our mission is to reach those who cannot repay us. That's our mission. Jesus said in the beginning of this dialogue with these people, he said, those who humble themselves will be exalted. I'm very happy to say we have very humble people at this church because no one ever sits on the front row. No one ever sits on the front row. Now, you can't sit on the front row here because there's equipment and you won't want to sit on the camera. You wouldn't want to sit in front of a television because then Brandon couldn't read the words and he couldn't lead singing and it would be a mess. But the back rows are reserved and your names are on them. You get what I'm saying? It's interesting. We are all creatures of habit. You know that, right? We all are. I could just about look across the church auditorium and take role only because you're either in your seat or you're not. That's what we are. We are creatures of habit. We are like a bunch of old cows going to be fed. We really are. I had a friend back in Alabama. He took care of a large little ranch and they had a lot of cattle and he used to get amused because kids would come up in the middle of the night and they'd honk the horn thinking they were scaring the cows and all they were doing was calling the cows to come feed because that's how he called the cows to come feed. You and I are creatures of habit, and when we are creatures of habit as we are, we have to be very aware of what we're doing, and we have to be sensitive to those who are around us so that we are not simply creatures of habit, and we realize that those who are around us who have... Differing needs and different kinds of needs and opportunities for us to serve people all the time. But because we are such creatures of habits and we walk around with blinders on or with a mask over our face because this is all we do and this is all we know, we miss opportunities. And they're all around us. Jesus said that we should invite those to the feast, those to the banquet who cannot repay us. He sends those servants who were with him into the highways, and into the byways. He tells the man who hosted a banquet to invite the cripple and the lame and the blind because they cannot repay you. A statement I found says you've not lived today until you've done something for someone who can never repay you. We have spent generations of time as a church trying to reach people that look like us. Let me say that again. We have spent generations of time trying to bring people into the church who look like us. It used to be back in the 40s and 50s, not so much in the 60s, but in the 40s and 50s especially, that was the previous decade. Or, or Yeah, whatever that was, millennial. In the 1940s and 50s, we used to do these things called debates. Any of you remember hearing about them? Not sure that you ever attended any, but you've heard about them, yes? Yeah. Who do we debate? Sometimes. We would debate people who had a differing... Opinion and belief about something about Jesus or theology. Rarely do I recall hearing about a debate with someone who was blind or crippled and who didn't know Jesus at all. And we have worked hard bring people to our church buildings from other church buildings that might have a different name on the church building, but we worked really hard to bring them from one church building to another. I read an interesting article just a couple of weeks ago. It was kind of the impetus for this conversation with you. It's on the 100 fastest growing churches in America. Uh, I forget the name of the group that put the thing on, the article, but I looked at and I went to the websites of the top 10 churches across America that are literally the fastest growing churches in America. And you know what their forte is? They're really good at bringing people from another church into their church. And my question is, how does that serve those who are lost. Jesus, in two different stories to the same group of people, told them to go and invite the cripple and the lame and the blind and those who could never repay you. When one of those heard this message at the table, he said, Blessed is the one who leadeth the kingdom and the feast of God. We talked a little bit about this the last time I was with you about trying to justify ourselves before God, making ourselves right. Sometimes I think we abuse that expression in the Bible that Paul made where he says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman who needs not be ashamed, handling right the word of truth. Did I quote King James? Did I quote King James? I did. Yes, did I not? I did. And that's that whole process of saying approve before God that scares me to death. Because how many of you truly think you can approve yourself before God for anything? You get what I'm saying? Ours is to reach people that are lost. Jesus made this statement. There were some people who were casting out demons. There were some people doing amazing things in his name, but they weren't a part of his group. And his apostles said, Lord, shall we call down from heaven and destroy them? And what did Jesus say? If they're not against you, uh, they're for you. Wow. Blessed is the one who lead in the feast of the kingdom of God. We seek to justify ourselves a lot. And I'm sharing with you guys this morning that it's not about us justifying ourselves before God. We make all kinds of excuses as to who we're going to see and why we're going to see them because it gets really messy when we start dealing with people who are blind and who are crippled and who cannot repay us. It's messy. They all began to make excuses not to come to the feast. Oh, I just bought some property. I need to go check it out. Oh, I just, I just increased my business. I have five uh, yoke of oxen, which means he had ten. Because usually a yoke is one and one because he had. So he had at least 10. I've seen a triple yoke, but I wouldn't want to manhandle that one. But he had at least 10 new ox. He had to go check it out. And the other guy said, oh, I just got married. What's your excuse? That's all I'm asking. What's your excuse? Because I'm telling you, for generations we've made excuses. And we don't reach those that are the most receptive and the most vulnerable and who need it more. Jesus made an interesting statement. He said I didn't come to call those who are healthy. I came to call those who are sick. Didn't he say that? He says bring the poor and the crippled and the blind same words same story same group of people same outcome you see Jesus wants us to reach out to people that have no way to repay us they have nothing but we've spent a lot of energy And a lot of time and a lot of years trying to convince somebody that you don't have that exactly right. So you really should come here because we have it. And yet there are people all around us who don't even know who Jesus is. The master told him to go into the highways and into the byways. (laughs) The roads and the country lanes compelled them to come in so that my house may be full. And then he made one of the most frightening statements of all. Not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. It is scary to me. I think the Bible even says something like this. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of what? A living God. God. Yes. I don't want to be on the receiving end of something when he says, you're not going to get in. I don't want to be on the receiving end of that. But how do you get there? How, how, How do you get to the point where he would say that to you? I would offer this to you based only on these two little stories. One of the ways that we can get this said to us is when we only reach out to those who look like us and sound like us and think like us and and, and, and act like us and want to serve Jesus like us and we blow off everybody else because Jesus said bring the cripple and the lame and the blind because they can't repay you. And he wasn't just talking about someone who had the physical maladies that he's speaking about. He's talking about a group of people in his society, in his world, who had nothing. Because if you had those kinds of disabilities during the time of Jesus, you were virtually scum to the world and you had nothing. Paul Harvey's the rest of the story. You remember him? Some of you are old enough to remember him. There's a whole lot of stuff going on in the world. And most of it means nothing. To our daily lives. It means nothing. We live in one of the most unique, amazing, crazy times in the history of the world. In the history of our country especially. It's nuts out there. It's just nuts. But here's my question for you. How much of that, how much of all of those things that are going on in the world of the media right now, how much of those things that are going on in Washington, D.C. right now, how much of that really impacts the message of Jesus that you and I should share? Zero. Zero. Let me say that word again, just in case you didn't get it. Zero. Do you realize, here's the amazing thing about being a Christian. Here's the amazing thing about being a follower of Jesus. Here's the amazing thing about being a disciple of Christ. It doesn't matter what the country does. It doesn't matter what kind of political social system that we have that controls us. Who knows? Who knows? Those who are the most liberal in our world politically may be the most conservative in our world in 50 years. And we might have a country that's full of all of that stuff. Guess what? It doesn't matter just doesn't matter when our hearts and our minds and our hope and our life is centered and focused on Jesus and on telling people about Jesus there are things that no government can control there are things that no government can regulate and there are things that are the fruits of the spirit like loving other people Can you really dictate and govern that? Come on, man. You can't. You can't. Taking care of one another. Loving your neighbor as yourself. Those fruits of the Spirit, those can't be governed. That's who we are as people. We have a responsibility to share that with other people who don't know about that. There are a lot of confused people in the world. There are a lot of lost people in the world. There are a whole lot of people that don't understand. They're perplexed. They don't know what Jesus is all about. They've never heard about Jesus. They don't know anything about him. And they're living out there in the darkness. Our job is to go talk to them. That's our job. It's not hard. We just have to take the blinders off. We have to see people the way that Jesus saw people. And we have to be willing to do the things that Jesus teaches in the parables. Reach out to those that are the absolute most impoverished in the community. However you want to define impoverished, understanding that they bring nothing to the table with which they could repay us. All they can bring is themselves. We live in an amazing community in South Orange County. It's pretty interesting. It's kind of neat. But I want you to know that even in this world, there are people who are all around us are the crippled and the blind and the lame about which Jesus speaks in this parable there are people all around us who do not know the name of Jesus and they're not sitting at Saddleback Church this morning they're not sitting at St. Ignatius Church this morning They're not sitting at Mission Viejo Christian Church this morning. They're sitting in a coffee shop somewhere. Or they're sitting on the beach somewhere. Or they're sitting in IHOP and they've been there for five hours because they have nowhere else to go. That's our audience. That's who Jesus has called us to reach out to. So you see, church, when you leave here today, I just invite you to be engaged in your community. I invite you to be prepared to reach those who are all around you. Because you and I never know where God is going to plant somebody in our path. We just don't know how he's going to use us. And so we have to be ready and prepared all the time for what Jesus has for us. And when you and I begin to live that way, it changes. And when we get less concerned about people that are showing up in church today, wherever that church is, and more concerned about people who haven't darkened the doors of a church in their whole life, things might just change around here. And I might not be looking at a building that's got 22 people in it at 1029. I might see a place that's overflowing. With people who can't wait to get here to hear something. If you haven't read the book of Acts lately, I encourage you to go back and read it. Something happened there in that church, something happened in that city, and it had nothing to do, it had nothing to do with the preacher. It had everything to do with the power of the Holy Spirit working among the body of Christ. And when we allow the Spirit of God to lead and direct our lives, I mean, it's just some weird stuff happens. And it's crazy. And it's cool. And people come to see Jesus for who he is. I sitting in a hotel room this last this yeah this last week. I was in the Bay Area, somewhere. I don't even remember where I was at. Don't remember if it was San Jose or Oakland, don't recall. But I get a text message from an individual. And he said, I was thinking about you. And I wanted to send this link to a song to you. And the song that he linked, I gotta tell you the title because I don't wanna mess this up. Light of a Clear Blue Morning. Now, if some of you are smart enough and wise enough to understand country music, you'll understand that that's a song written by Dolly Parton some years ago. But the link that he sent me wasn't Dolly Parton's recording. It was a group of trio of three young ladies who go by the name of Wailing Jennies, Not Wailing Jennings. That's the old guy. He couldn't sing, carry a tune in a bucket, but he made a lot of money carrying almost tunes in buckets. The Wailing Jennies sang that song. It's a beautiful rendering of the song. But that song was all about everything is going to be okay. Everything. He's going to be okay. And I sent a note back to him. I said, you know, I said, it's interesting that you sent this to me today. Because just this morning, I was thinking, I am way too old for this. And I'm done. And I'm tired of this stuff. Now I wasn't talking about church work when I say I'm tired of it. But I was talking about some things that I'm doing in my professional life and business life. And I'm like, If there was ever a day I needed to hear the song that everything is going to be okay, it was today. Now see, I tell you that story because I want to impress upon you that from where I sit and see and think and believe, that was the Holy Spirit of God through it all. And I know for some of you that's a stretch. Maybe you can't see that. That's okay. Okay. God will be patient. It is amazing what God will do through His Spirit in our lives. It is amazing. I was sitting at breakfast last two weeks ago. Having breakfast with a friend of mine in Las Vegas. I used to work with him and trying to get him to come work with me. And he just was going on and on and on. About people that he and I know in the industry in which I work who are as crooked as a dog's hind leg, but seem to always get the promotions and become the vice presidents of companies and go on to do great things. And I shared with him, I said, you know what? I said, Vince, listen to me, listen to me. I said, It's not that, it's not that they deserved it. I said, you have to understand. And he's a believer. I said, you've got to remember. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. Our treasures are all laid up somewhere beyond the blue. We don't need to feel at home in this world. And we don't have to worry about the promotions in this world. And I believe with all of my heart, God is such a gracious and merciful God that sometimes He allows the most corrupt, crooked individuals that you and I will ever know, He allows them to experience phenomenal things in this world because He knows, he, he knows what's coming. And He knows, God knows, what the day of judgment will be. The Spirit shows up all kinds of ways when you and I take off the blinders and look and expect and anticipate and believe that God is going to show up he does he does I challenge you, I encourage you to reach out to those in this community who have nothing to bring. They have nothing. They don't have any past history in faith. They don't have any past history in church. They don't know anything. I challenge us all to reach out to them. Brand is going to come and lead us in a song, as he does. May we encourage one another. May we pray with you. May you come to a point in your life where you're willing to do things that are off the wall for Jesus, that would be pretty cool. If we can help you in any way, let's do that as we stand and sing.